Welcome back all the way from two weeks ago or something. I don't know where this was going to go. To the Justice Losers podcast where we talk about pop culture, media, namely movies, TVs, and comics. I'm your host, Preston. Joined as always by my delightful co-host, Bat Matt. Matt, what should people do? Go for it. Oh, you, you raised a finger. Uh, yeah. They should like, subscribe, and they should tell a friend. And they should check out Twitter because Twitter, you're doing yes, Twitter. That's exactly why I raised my finger. <laughs> I've been tweeting. I gave up on you guys following us, so I just started tweeting. And uh, it's basically just an outlet for me to bitch about things. Uh, Always fun. <laughs> I want to read my favorite. I think it's my favorite tweet that I've ever made. It's such a stupid tweet, mm-hmm. but it it perfectly encapsulates me as a tweeter. Uh Never mind, I don't have, I have jack shit for internet out here, so I guess I'm not going to read that. Basically, I was just like, I was shitting on Kevin Smith, mm-hmm. I was shitting on the CW, I was shitting on Zack Snyder for continually telling us what he would have done with the with the world to DC. Mm-hmm. Just all this, just fucking stop everything. Also, so, I defended uh, people liking one fandom and not the other. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, no, I... I when I get bored, I will just go on there and tweet. So hate-filled, vitriolic rants. So you're using Twitter appropriately. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so yeah, go check out our Twitter. Do the tweets. That's how that goes. That's yep. the verb. Uh, I'm Matt. For this long while, what have you been up to? Well, the past couple days have been a sleep-deprived travel nightmare. Yeah. Um. Do you have any like? Similar to the uh, movie pass rant, do you have any like heated hatred towards our airline um, industry? I mean, really, they were actually pretty helpful. It was just a two-hour delay on my first flight that caused me to miss my second one, which kind of snowballed. But they were pretty good about making sure I got on the right flights after that. Mm-hmm. Um, so. How many I, flights did you have? Just three. Good lord. Yeah. Uh, Portland to LA. To Dallas. To, to Dallas OKC. to OKC. Man. I hate being in the state that has such a... You know, for us having Tinker Air Force Base, mm-hmm. we sure don't have a great airport. Well, part of the problem is Oklahoma City's not a major population. It's only like 500,000. And also, we're really close to Dallas, so they're just like, we'll just send them all to Dallas. Exactly. Yeah. That's dumb. Yep. Why are we I'm, talking about airport logistics? I don't know. Because I, uh, continuing that, I lived near Atlanta, so I never had this problem. Ah, yeah. I always <laughs> had direct flights. <laughs> yep. <laughs> um. Yeah. No. Aside from that, uh, I read The Hobbit. Oh. Again. What? Yeah. Oh shit. Yeah. It's a much easier read than The Silmarillion, so it took me my two plane trips back to Oregon. It's like the uh, <laughs> like when you're like lifting a whole bunch, like we work out. Like, when you, like, lift really heavy stuff, when you set it down, you feel like you're flying, and you just kind of, like, right, <laughs> just breeze through it. Exactly. And it's a it's a delightful read to breeze through. It's a, it's very clearly much more of a children's book. Yeah. Um, he does a lot of those, like, little asides to the reader that authors would do in children's book in, like, the 30s. Um, I think it came out in the 30s. I'm going to fact check you on Pretty that. Pretty sure it was, like, 38. Um, no, it's... Uh, it's a, it's a lot of fun, um, but it actually I really like kind of the way it does characters, and it's a shame to see it get butchered so bad by those movies. Wait, what? And I'm gonna cut myself off because this is gonna end badly if I keep going. You know, no, no, you know what? 
you know what? <laughs> so, man, rereading the the interactions between Bilbo and Smog remind me just how bad the movie did on that, because like, it's a really great scene because Smog is kind of this all powerful dragon. He's supposed to be the end all be all in the Hobbit land, mm-hmm. basically, and Bilbo has been sort of developing as a character from this pipsqueak little nobody from a backwater that no one's ever heard of to someone who's kind of taking charge of the party and uh, doing some leadership stuff and becoming more confident and assertive and uh, coming up with good ideas and stuff. And so he sneaks down there and it's this interesting dynamic where Bilbo is finally confident enough to challenge the dragon on his turf in sort of a battle of wits Mm-hmm. And it's really fun to see the dragon played not as big scary monster, but as cunning psychological opponent mm-hmm. almost. And the movie did none of that, and shooting that instead for a absolutely ridiculous chase scene. Remember the part where the dragon got covered in molten gold? No. Okay. They covered. They tried to cover the dragon in molten gold because they thought that would make the scene exciting. A dragon cannot be hurt by fire. Yeah. We, we that was that. Game of Thrones reference. Yep. <laughs> anyway. Um, you've heard me rant on The Hobbit enough. Yes, we have. It's... Well, not not enough. There's always more. <laughs> As people know that of my faith when or my belief about ranting about things whenever mm-hmm. CW fucking blinks, yep. I get mad and rant. <laughs> yep. Um, Battle of the Five Armies. Uh, the entire movie is basically like the last two chapters of the book or something the actual battle itself is maybe one page of bilbo watching and then he gets knocked on the head and is unconscious until the end of it that is a very season one of game of thrones way to handle that exactly (laughs) they actually do that Tyrion gets knocked on the head literally happens yeah you have a halfling get knocked out and miss a battle (laughs) yeah it's literally what happens yeah oh so that's amazing i wonder if like he did that if like well, no. So I bet in the bo- in the Game of Thrones books, do they actually like do that? Do those fights? Uh, or does Tyrion get knocked out? Is it? I I take it that that's a Tyrion chapter. He does. He does get knocked out. Um, gosh, I it's been a little while since I've read it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think I think the book might also just cut to Tyrion wakes up. Oh, hey, we won. Hmm. All right. Because I guess they wouldn't have had another. POV character in the camp at that point because it starts with Jamie doesn't yeah it's, Jamie's uh, not yet uh, Tywin's, Tywin's not, not. Um, yeah no that would have been yeah. uh, does Bronn ever have a POV chapter maybe but if so it would have been book four at oh yeah way least. later when he yeah. actually like when he's actually what, he doesn't he doesn't have like a name until like season three or something because <laughs> like you he's like traveling along with Catelyn and Tyrion for a while, but you never learn his name. Yeah. It's kind of funny. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, so you read The Hobbit. I read The Hobbit, and I very much enjoyed it, but it made me sad because the movies were so, so bad. Yeah. Um, um, I I have been continuing on my New Teen Titans trek. Uh, basically what I'm doing, I think I explained this before. Mm-hmm. Since the teen, New Teen Titans, since the 80s are so dense. Yeah. I have decided I'm gonna. I split up the volumes, so I read a volume 
and then I read like a chunk of like something else. I reread okay. a chunk of something else. Okay. So I read a volume and then I read the Green Arrow, which I started mm-hmm. uh, last time and I talked about it. So I'm just going to talk briefly about it and then move on to the next thing. Okay. Um, it actually gets significantly better after uh, – oh, fuck. Is it – Dan Jurgens that's writing it? I think so. I seem yeah. to recall you ranting about him last time. Yeah, Dan Jurgens is stuck in his time. Um, <laughs> but once Dan Jurgens, it actually does a pretty good job. So it changes writer, and it still kind of has a Dan Jurgensy style to it, mm-hmm. but it slowly makes its way to a different style. Okay. So I think, that, like, thinking about it, just noting noticing that, that makes me think this writer is phenomenal. The, the fact that she, I think it's a she, mm-hmm. can mimic that style mm-hmm. and then fade fade into her own seamlessly mm-hmm. is great because then it's not just a jarring suddenly a new character kind of right. thing um you know what a great classic example of that from comics history is is frank miller taking over daredevil really? it wasn't immediately darker um like you could you could tell that there was a little bit of a change mm-hmm. but it took it couple volumes to hmm. get to the point where it was we frank actually miller. think of it as frank miller yeah and so like it, he's coming out of the this late 70s when it's still very silver agey and yeah kind of nonsensical and he like he does a good a good job of sort of playing into that without i guess compromising his integrity so much that mm-hmm. it's terrible yeah so andrew's uh uh example counter example to this actually is uh andrew is reading is, is reading spider-man the stuff related and building up to the spider-verse the actual comic run okay um and he said, like, he's, it starts, like, he doesn't actually have the experience, but it starts uh, with the writer that picked up immediately after Stan Lee stopped writing Spider-Man. Okay. And he said, like, apparently it gets way better immediately. Hmm. So it's probably just like a, uh, he didn't mention anything about style or, like, the yeah. kind of the, the tone of it, but mm-hmm. that's probably one of those things. Yeah. Um, but there is, so it got really good. But there was this one issue, and it's so disappointing that it was only one issue. It was this uh it was about the the this subculture of uh I struggle to say like i i, I oh good Lord, this is really hard to talk about like fluently without coming across as super offensive, okay, I'm pretty sure it's an analogy for transgenders. Okay. So it's people that go look good lord. It's people that feel like they were born in the wrong body and should be robots. Okay. And again, like this is really hard to say without sounding offensive. I'm mm-hmm. not being offensive. <laughs> I think that this is just an analogy without making it explicitly the transgender community. Mm-hmm. Um but like it so Green Arrow fight has has this girl and she's just like uh like super upset and she's like you ruined it for me like i hated my life blah 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 mm-hmm. and then he comes across as people and uh this this company that helps people turn into robots okay and he like fights him he's like you're taking away their free will they're being robots he's like no like th- this is where it kind of deviates from that analogy if that is what it's supposed to be mm-hmm. where he's like no these people are have hated their lives everything they have is uh emotion based they hate like they hate their sadness they hate their anger everything they like this person's life was ruined for this reason this person's life was ruined for these this reason mm-hmm. and taking away those emotions not their free will mm-hmm. 
is making them happier. And all of these robots are like, and so he, then he fights and he like beat, knocks the guy out. And then he like opens the big old garage door thing, like warehouse door and it says, go free. And they're all like, I don't fucking want to. <laughs> like, I, I want to be here. Yeah. And he's just like, all right. And then it cuts to an epilogue. It's just one page where he goes to this. I, you know, the more I talk about this, the more I'm pretty sure it's not an analogy for transgenders because it's not like uh, that they hated. Well, I don't know. I don't know. I I, I have very limited <laughs> experience with that. I, I subscribe to the theory that metaphors are at their best when there's not a perfect parallel. That's a good, that's a good point. Because if it's a perfect parallel, then it's boring. You're just saying, hey, look, I can draw a flat analogy between yeah. real life and something in a comic book world. You don't get to play with the facets of it at all. Yeah. So this epilogue is he he goes to this. It's like I think it's Robots Anonymous where mm-hmm. people who are going through the transition get to get together and talk about it and talk about their like feelings and stuff like that. Okay. Um, and he goes to it just to see like what actually is going on from kind of this community perspective, as opposed to him as green arrow and these, this bad guy doing these things. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this big bulky dude with like a, with a robot jaw mm-hmm. comes up. He's like, Hey, I haven't seen you around here. Yeah. Are you new? And he's like, yeah, I haven't, I haven't like, I've been nervous. It's all new to me. I haven't really wanted to make any changes yet. And he's like, yeah, we've all been there. Like you start with mm-hmm. just putting, putting metal on you to feel your, feel the metal against your skin. Mm-hmm. And like, you're, you're welcome here. And he like welcomes him in. And it's just like, holy shit. Huh. That was like, it was just, I love when they take, it's not a superhero beating up a bad guy mm-hmm. and then it's over. Yeah. Like I like where they took him this, like all in his head hero. That's like, holier than thou uh-huh. or mightier than thou or whatever fucking righteous is this righteous guy and he like beats up these people and then starts to be like ooh, maybe like i'm not on the right side this time and then he goes to yeah. this community and he's like shit this is an actual community of people who i am trying who i was actively trying to stop huh and then it never 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 came back it was one really? issue never came back I would really have liked to see more of that like yeah at least not necessarily maybe even just specifically that storyline but more of him questioning what he's doing yeah because it just went straight back into him beating up bad guys right and that's no fun you gotta have something like that mean something yeah and like stick out like so god the cw show (laughs) (laughs) kind of did that where he like killed people but then killing people got his best friend killed and he was like i'm gonna stop killing okay so like it stuck Something changed about him Mm -hmm. where he like changed the way he was. So maybe in the comic, he was like, all right, I'm going to research this stuff more instead of just run in and beat the shit out of people. Mm -hmm. No, he just continues to run in and beat the shit out of people. So that was good. I spent more time on that than I thought I would. That's okay. Anyway. Yeah. We don't have an actual topic, so we're just catching up on this is literally just another catch up episode. Yeah. Uh, What else have you done? Uh, I watched five movies over the break. Three sentence reviews of each one. Unless you have way more you want to Three sentences? I don't know if you have more you want to talk about. I have more I want to talk about. Okay. For some of them. I just, I realized I went on really long on that one, so I'm going to try to keep all of my stuff okay. shorter. <laughs> well, um, the first two I won't talk about that much because I don't have that much to say about them. Uh, I watched, rewatched, well, no, I guess it's the first time I've ever seen it all the way through, the original Poltergeist, hmm. um, which is 
not technically directed by Steven Spielberg, uh, but his fingers are all over it. Mm-hmm. His grubby little paws. Grubby little Steven Spielberg. That was probably the best that was ever going to be. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. No, it's uh, it's a it's a classic for a reason. It's um, it's not super scary. It but it does a good job of uh sort of building a creepy atmosphere to start and then ratcheting up the tension uh going from there um and it also it's got a it, it does that thing that i think the best horror movies do is that it puts some other drama at the core aside from just ah scary monster yeah. run away or ah scary ghost run away uh it so it's it, it plays a lot into like the family dynamics and um okay their interaction with the outside world as the ghost takes over their home and it's yeah it, it's interesting it's um i don't think it's perfect it really slows down at one point and it's just like when is this scene gonna end mm-hmm. um but yeah for it's a it's a classic yeah classic for a reason it's a good one good um i also saw speaking of classics uh for the first time the first austin powers movie oh international man of mystery is that actually funny occasionally uh, yeah, I didn't really think Austin Powers would be your type of humor. Uh, probably one in four jokes landed for me. Okay. When they landed, they really landed. Okay. Like, there was some really hilarious stuff in there for me. Okay. But a lot of it was just... Yeah, baby! Kind of stuff. Yeah. It was just like, you're... What? <laughs> and Yeah. Him awkwardly peeing way too long at the mm-hmm. start. It's just... I don't know. Yeah. So... And, and that's you, the same way I feel about like Princess Bride and stuff, and like Napoleon okay. Dynamite, where it's just like, uh, th- there's yeah, like Princess Bride, the fucking inconceivable guy. Mm-hmm. I love him so much, but like the, the repeated, my name is Diego or what is In- it? Inigo Montoya. Yeah, that he guy. Killed my father, prepared to die. I, I never really thought that was funny, and like most of the rest of the I movie, I didn't. It was like, supposed to be funny. Everyone always like quotes that and like they laugh, and I'm just like fucking. Well, they quote it because it's a quotable line, and they laugh because people laugh when they're in on the in on the thing. People shouldn't. People should be better brains. What? Yes. I don't know. I'm also <laughs> a little sleep deprived. Yeah. Because uh, I used the last bit of my espresso beat or espresso grounds yesterday. Mm. So today, never had coffee. I had a very stressful day at work, so I'm also tired, but not as like you know jet lag and murder right. my life. As you. Pretty much. <laughs> anyway. Uh, anyway, yeah. So Austin Powers, um, if you strip away the the humor, there's not a lot going on there. It's kind of what I was about to ask. Like, is there is it a movie or is it just like a comedy? It feels like a loosely edited together series of sketches. Okay. And some of the sketches would have been really great five-minute sketches. Mm-hmm. But as a hour-and-a-half movie, it doesn't really work. Gotcha. I don't think. Okay. I, uh... What else did I do? What other comics did I read? Oh, I read... Oh, okay. So I read Red Hood and the Outlaws. Okay. Uh, four, the first four volumes that I have of the New 52. And holy mother of God, is that good. Okay. It's, again, one of those just, like, uh, it's... I wouldn't say is like, amazing, amazing, kind of like Batwoman was. Mm-hmm. But... It's really good. So it So Red Hood and Arsenal. It's Red Hood, Arsenal and Starfire. Okay. Uh Red Hood and Arsenal 
are very similar people, like shit background, really hate their uh, their old mentor, mm-hmm. and you know, like kill people and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And their sense of humor, just the two of them, they're like buddies. They're so close buddies, and just the way that it's written, their interactions are written, is so good. And Starfire gets a lot of like, so. She's kind of thought to be the ditzy pretty one that's really powerful. Mm -hmm. But there's a lot of points in the comic where she's like, I'm not stupid. I'm just from a different planet. So there's cultural things that I don't get where you do this thing. And I go, but why do this thing? And like, oh, you sweet child. And it's like, no, I'm an I'm a literal. I'm literally royalty for an entire planet. I'm actually really smart. And she's like, she's like an expert in war tactics and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And I love that they act. They have a whole thing where she meets her sister Blackfire, who is a villain but wasn't at that point okay. in there. And she does this whole fucking thing where just there's constantly like, so she gets brought back to her spaceship, the Starfire, mm-hmm. which is you know, yeah, yeah. Um, and she gets attacked by people, and then she does things throughout where. The whole crew is just like, fuck, she is a tactical genius. Mm -hmm. And I love it. She's getting credit for not just being the – I mean, there's obviously sex things throughout, but that's just because she comes from a planet where everything's like sex and emotions and love and stuff. But there's just times where she's just like a standard badass. Okay. And it's awesome. Good. Um Unfortunately, the very end of Volume 4 has a giant cliffhanger, and I do not have Volume 5. So, uh, yeah, there's that. Uh, But no, it was really good. I thoroughly enjoyed it. I was not thinking I would thoroughly enjoy it. I thought it would just be a bunch of angsty teenagers Mm -hmm. killing people, but very great story writing, good hints towards other things, good introducing new aspects of the characters. Mm -hmm. Uh bringing red hood and batman face to face where they're like there's actually like an emotional connection where there's kind of a okay like i'm glad you're here jason kind of thing and he's Mm -hmm. just like or he said something and jason was walking away and just like really whispered like whispered thank you Mm -hmm. like just like emotional stuff like that uh it's really good it's really well written i need to i need to figure out who the writer was i couldn't remember Mm -hmm. but I think you should have known going in that it was going to be good. Because the last time you read something about an angsty, well, angsty 20-something that goes around murdering people, it was <laughs> kill or be killed. Well, yeah. <laughs> and he has a red o- hood. You can only, you can o- oh my god. <laughs> Wait, no, uh, it doesn't. Yeah, it does. Black uh, hoodie, red mask. Fine, if you want to be all technical. <laughs> what, does red hood have a red hood or just a red mask? It's a red helmet, kind of. Okay, see? Which is... Uh, that's the one problem I well not the one. there was a few problems but the uh, the big problem I had is that the design of the red hood would change uh, so like sometimes it would just be a flat mask mm-hmm. sometimes it would ha- it would contour to a face shape mm-hmm. and it was just and sometimes there was eyes sometimes there wasn't it just never really stayed the same hmm. um, but oh the 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 death of of the family mm-hmm. storyline which I don't know if people are familiar with that it's when in the new if they do, and the Joker tries to kill the whole Bat family except Batman because they were weakening Batman. Mm-hmm. Uh, for everyone else, it ends on Batman. Like it, it's like it does like a two or three issue build up, and then it does Batman seventeen, where it's the conclusion of that. Okay, it keeps going with the Joker with Red Hood okay. because there's a lot of like 
and his his story with that whole thing is much more fascinating because essentially it's the second time he's going to be killed by the Joker. Right. And then you start to learn, like, it's kind of one of those things where the Joker's saying all these things and you're like, fuck, is it true or is it not true? And you never really find out because that's the thing about Joker. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Warner Brothers doing a Joker movie. Um, <laughs> but he starts to, like, put in this thing that, like, all of this trauma during Joker or Jason's life that brings him to this point was all the Joker's doing. His mom getting overdose, like overdosing was Joker's doing his dad being like being sent to jail and being killed in prison as Joker's doing is like just all of these things throughout his life is the Joker's doing. Hmm. And it's, and like, uh, I think him being delivered to Talia al Ghul to be raised back into the dead was his doing okay all of this stuff was joker's doing and he's like i made you your mine and just fucked his head up hmm. and it was really interesting okay yeah yeah really good i highly recommend it if anyone's reading uh, the bat family new 52 stuff read the batman read batwoman read red hood and the outlaws i will keep you updated as a, i keep you updated as i continue to read them because it will this list will probably grow <laughs> okay the new 52 is very underrated i'm realizing okay. it has issues very, many. very many large issues, but if you... Yeah, I mean, it's, it's got issues for 52 different characters, so... At least... Uh, at least and they're few. all not that large. They're about 22 pages. It's true. Yeah. But anyway... Anyway... There are some glaring problems with it, but if you just read some stories, they're really good. All right, your turn again. Okay. So... Sunday night slash Monday morning when I was flying, um, I made the mistake of napping on my first flight, which meant that I wasn't sleepy for my second flight, which was departed LAX at midnight local time and landed in Dallas at about 4.30 a.m. local time. Uh, (laughs) So I was wide awake for that entire flight. I was also super hyped because I was on standby and there were like 30 people on standby and I was the first one that got called. So I was like, yes, might make it home today. So I stayed up and watched a movie on the flight instead, and what I watched was Leave No Trace. Leave No Trace. Yes. Is it about Boy Scouts? No. Nah. Uh, you know what that always bothers me about Boy Scouts? Hmm. They always say, leave no trace, but then they also say, leave it better than you found it. That's leaving a trace, albeit hmm. a good trace, but that is very contradictory, and it really messed up my head when I was a kid. Hmm. We should ban them. We should ban them all. Ban the Boy Scouts. Yep. All of them entirely. Yeah. We should build a wall. Keep them out. <laughs> Build a wall around the Boy Scouts. <laughs> <laughs> well, they'll probably be prepared for it. So. Oh, yeah. They will have they can tie some knots and climb the wall. Right. Anyway, leave no trace. Uh, <laughs> so uh, it's the story of a father and daughter. Uh, daughter's teenage, I think 15, but it might not be specified. Uh-huh. Uh, living in the woods in a par- park in or near Portland, Oregon. So you're leaving Oregon, mm-hmm. but you're just going to watch a thing about Oregon. So yeah. Like, can't escape. They name dropped my hometown. So Really? It's a reasonably large town on oh. kind of the main road from north to south in Oregon. Oh, okay. So, <laughs> uh, yeah. So Ben Foster plays the dad. Um, I feel like you'd know who he was if I showed you a picture, but I don't know what you would have seen him in. Let's find this out. Keep talking. Uh, yeah. So it's his dad and his daughter, and they're living – basically just a secluded life in the woods they live in a tent and they go into town for food maybe once a week um and then uh i think the the synopsis 
says. And then through one simple mistake, everything changes. Hmm. And I want to give away as little as possible because the movie is one of those ones that it's really fun to watch because you kind of start piecing stuff together by yourself. Okay, then stop talking. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I will say that it's it's a very strange movie because it's kind of like a weird concept. It's a weird story mm-hmm. that you almost never see told. But that means that it gets to explore some really interesting thematic ground. Um, partly it's kind of all about contrasting and comparing community and isolation and uh, how people can thrive on one or or the other and uh, sometimes need one or need the other. Mm -hmm. Just sort of a, I don't think it really comes down on any coherent point. It just sort of tosses those themes in the air and sees where they lie, Mm -hmm. which is, I think is often a good approach. If the movie's telling you what to think, then it's not very interesting. Yeah. It's letting you do the thinking. It is more interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then it's also because the daughter's a teenage daughter. It's a great coming of age story. Um, I don't know who the actress is because I, I think this is her first major role, maybe her first role even. Mm. But she's really good. Uh, it's got a hundred percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, no, it's it, it's a solid movie. I was I was looking for it when it came out, but it was small enough that it wasn't in any of the theaters. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Yeah, really, really solid movie. Okay. And lots of uh, pretty imagery of the Pacific Northwest, where I grew up. But it also showcases how harsh the weather can be sometimes. <laughs> and unpleasant. He was an X-Men Last Stand. That's right. He was, was the he? Angel. Oh. Yeah. Oh, shit. Look at that. He was also in 310 to Yuma, Hell High Water. Alpha Dog, The Mechanic, Lone Survivor, Hostage, Hostels. Hostage and Hostels. <laughs> uh, Inferno. He was in Warcraft. Oh, yeah, that's right. He was. Pandorum, The Punisher, Contraband, 30 Days of Night. I'm, I'm done. Oh, he's also in 30 Days of Night. I forgot about that. Yep. He's really good in that. He's a really good actor that never gets, like, a leading role. But oh. he always he, – he's kind of really well-suited to side roles. Okay. He was – I guess he was sort of a leading role in Hell or High Water. No, but he's he's fantastic in this, too. Okay. Like – dangerously close to overshadowing breakout star what's her name <laughs> I was gonna maybe check he that. did overshadow her because i can't remember, can't remember her, her name, name. <laughs> uh, uh fucking best actor got best actor academy award oh that's that's pretty something all right i give up okay uh yeah so Heartily recommend that one, but it's... Heartily, not hardly. I said heartily. I just said it really quick. Yeah, so it sounds like hardly. Heartily. There you go. I heartily recommend the movie Leave No Trace. Thank you. Did you appreciate my enunciation? Sounds like you're almost putting extra syllables in there at this point. Yep. My enunciation. My enunciation. My enunciation. My enunciation. This joke is over. Yes, it is. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Moving on. Okay. Uh, I also watched because... So, we have discovered that my dad is secretly a bit of a teenage girl at heart. <laughs> he likes musicals and rom-coms, and he... Every time he calls me, we end up talking on the phone for like two hours. So you are both teenage girls at heart. Well, I'm just I, – I'm too polite to try to hang up. <laughs> so um, anyway, but he watches a lot of musicals and watches them with an appreciative eye. And so 
I had seen four of his top five musicals of all time, which were Wizard of Oz, Fiddler on the Roof, Sound of Music, La La Land, and then watched the fifth one over break with him, which is Umbrellas of Cherbourg. Never heard of that one. Yeah, most people haven't. <laughs> it's a French musical from 1964, and it's sort of a almost a counter musical in that there's no numbers. There's no music. <laughs> there's well it's all music ah. there's no there's no numbers it's just sung dialogue basically interesting yeah so it's sort of like an opera yeah. except operas have like big arias and different discrete numbers this one's just it's a story and it's stylized enough the dialogue is stylized enough that it makes sense when it's a real big song but yeah it's just all sung is it like to a key or do they just sing the notes and they sing? Well, yeah, no, there's, notes. there's, there's music underlining. Okay. It yeah. And the music is fantastic. I mean, everything about this movie is fantastic. Huh. I'll say that. All right. Um, the music is ridiculously good. Uh, there's a, a theme sort of the, I guess, absence theme is what it's called that, uh, will give you chills if you listen to it. And the first time I heard it, I already had it stuck in my head, uh, which is called again? the absence theme from Umbrellas of Cherbourg. Of Cherbourg. C-H-E-R-B-O-U-R-G. Uh, I will wait for you. Okay. That's not. No, that's the name of a song. Oh, yeah, that's probably it. Abs, absence. No, that's probably the actual song. Is I will wait for you. What are you doing? There's an absence of talking. <laughs> anyway. Oh, boy. Moving on. Anyway. Not really moving on. Uh, more to say. <laughs> so Damien Chazelle, who directed La La Land, made no secret that he was heavily inspired by this movie. Mm. Um, it's very colorful. Mm. It's sort of a simple romance story. Uh, and there's some thematic threads that... I can't really give away because it would sort of spoil some of the narrative stuff. Okay. Uh, but it just, it very much feels like a, if someone set out to make La La Land, but in French in the sixties, this is how they'd do it. Mm -hmm. uh, down to like, one of the things I noticed last time I watched La La Land when I sat you down and made you watch it was that every single scene is calculated to get you really emotionally involved somehow. It's either to reinforce you to care about these characters and their relationship, or, or to make you watch them fall watch it fall <laughs> apart. Yeah, just or just to make you suffer. And this one, I think, part of the reason that it's all music is that's sort of a cruder way of doing that because music is just really effective at communicating emotions. Mm -hmm. So if you have music through the entire thing, if you make all the dialogue sung, then that means that you're calculating emotional impact at every single moment mm -hmm. so i think that's part of it um it's also incredibly detailed and there's all kinds of little nuances and stuff that i'm sure i didn't pick up on i caught a couple of them but then my dad pointed out a few more mm -hmm. after when we were talking about it uh it's just a it's it, it's the only the only problem with it is that it takes about twenty minutes to get into the rhythm of just everything being sung. Yeah, you like the first twenty minutes, it just feels like it drags. It's probably great the second time you watch it, mm -hmm. but then after that, you're just edge of your seat. 
Yeah. The whole time. Okay. Great movie. All right. Um, less great movie, Bird Box. Mm. So, I've heard that that was underwhelming. Yeah, new Netflix original. Uh, it is apparently their most popular movie ever in first week being released to streaming. Hmm. With um, they said there's actually a dispute. They said that 45 million people watched it. Nielsen, who does like the TV ratings for how many people watch channels and mm-hmm. whatnot and events, said it was more like 27 million. Hmm. Either way, it's still more than they've ever had for yeah. a movie in its first week. Uh, so I figured, okay, I'd better watch this so that I can comment on it for you, the fan. Um, <laughs> it's not great. It's not so bad that I'd tell you to avoid it or so bad that I'd tell you to watch it just to make fun of it. Um, it's kind of an interesting premise. I'll get, I'll get to my problem with it in a bit. Uh, Sandra Bullock is really good. Mm -hmm. I mean, she's just a phenomenally talented actress. Uh This is a role where she gets to do some capital A acting. Yeah, she does. Uh, it also has a guy who I'm forgetting who played the grown-up version of the kid from Moonlight, and he's really good. Okay. So very specific path there on that one. Yes. Well, <laughs> so Moonlight Moonlight's a story. It's like three separate sort of short self-contained moments in time from this one guy's life. One yeah. when he's a little kid, one when he's a teenager, and then one when he's a grown-up. Yeah. And the guy one of the guys in this is the grown-up guy from okay. Moonlight and he's really good also uh it's got John Malkovich but it kind of completely wastes him on one of the worst written characters i've ever encountered Ugh. um it's weird the writing is super inconsistent a lot of the dialogue feels really authentic Mm-hmm. But there's so many just little dumb, out-of-character moments and cheating with the script where it'll you can tell that it's trying to get you one thing only to try to pull the rug out from under you. Yeah. And you can see that coming a mile away, which is infuriating. Um, it also has the problem that it feels like... So the, I should explain the premise. Basically, it's a apocalypse scenario slash post-apocalypse scenario it unfolds in two timelines so there's like during as the apocalyptic events are going and then after and basically there's some sort of monsters roaming around that when you look at them take the form of your worst fear and then you commit suicide unless you're insane in which case you're fine with it so it's a boggard sorta all right um, I mean, I was definitely familiar with the premise. Yeah. I was just making I was, that joke. I'm explaining, I'm explaining okay. it to viewers. Um, so for one thing, it's kind of quiet placey, except yeah. it's, it's making sight instead of sound. Yeah. The sense that's restricted. Uh, Which it kind of, that kind of like defeats the purpose of that whole premise with a quiet place. It's like a quiet place. You can be in that position. Right. Where you're stuck with no sound like they are. Yeah. But for this one, if you were going to be in, like, the position of the characters, it would just be a black screen and a bunch of sound. Right. I mean, they do some shots under blindfolds where it's, like, you'd see kind of a blurry light and darkness and mm-hmm. vague shapes. But, yeah, it's it's not as satisfying. And part of the problem, I think, is that these kinds of monsters, I 
don't see how they could work in any sort of realistic setting because they're very clear. You, you never actually see them, but they're very clearly given weight and power as creatures, mm-hmm. but they can't physically harm you. So like you have to look at them. And so when they're like, they're trapped in a car and there's a monster on the roof you don't feel any tension because you know it can't hurt them. Or yeah. there's like a big climactic chase through the woods and it doesn't feel like it matters. Why would they run if they can't get hurt? I, I, yeah, exactly. Bad like, writing. I, I can't think of what my biggest fear is, but like if like spiders are gross and they cringe and I get cringe. Yeah. Like I don't touch the ones like black widow. Like I won't, I won't kill a spider if I need to kill it. But like mm-hmm. if it's a black widow or a brown recluse, I'm fucking scared because you get bit by one of those motherfuckers and like you got to go to the hospital. Yeah. That that's actual damage. Yeah. But if I look at like a giant black widow and I'm like that that looks disgusting right. and terrifying, but I know that you physically cannot hurt me. Yeah. So I'm not really scared. Like I'll probably like start walking. What happens when they get close? Uh can I just start walking towards them and be like, yeah, fucking come hit me. Come on, come on, well, come on, come <laughs> me. And then just start like turn, like like doing some weird do, do like the like the what's the thing that our friend Carter does the white person defense crab. <laughs> just start like, ah, ah, come here, come here, yeah. <laughs> just start like screaming crab. at him and like, like starting being crazy and scare them away. Well, no, I mean, it, maybe I'm insane. It, maybe that's why I'm not. That might be it. <laughs> <laughs> no, it. Uh, I mean, it. It goes to lengths to demonstrate that it has some sort of effect on you that's more than just it's really scary to look at. Mm-hmm. Um, they make a point of showing people's eyes kind of change texture. The irises get look almost cloudy, I mm-hmm. guess. It's uh I don't know, it's a little hard to describe without having seen it. Yeah. Um for one thing, also this premise was done badly by M. Night Shyamalan a few years ago, the happening uh-huh. where the plants of the world band together to make all the humans commit suicide. <laughs> Sounds like something from a CW show. Yep. No, that was that was a movie made by the uh, Academy Award winning director M. Night Shyamalan well he also made Avatar it's true the bad the last Avatar Durban, yeah yeah um yeah so I think these monsters part of the problem is because they don't feel immediate like the quiet place monsters and there's so little uh I guess narrative literal edge of your seat type of tension it feels like they should be more metaphorical or allegorical, mm-hmm. but there's nothing nothing to support that. Mm. I would have loved a little throwaway conversation. And it, it's not even clear what these, these monsters want either. They're just there. Well, it, that's kind of the same thing with A Quiet Place. Well, A Quiet Place, they just want to eat you. Yeah. That's fine. That's, that's monsters. These ones, they don't eat you. You just commit suicide. Yeah. They don't eat the corpses or anything. It's And so I would have loved like a little throwaway conversation like say character says yeah i mean aliens might not be anything like we could even comprehend they might not have a sense of motivation like we do they might just simply do something because it's in their nature that we cannot comprehend Mm -hmm. but there's nothing to that effect there's nothing to any effect that gives any of it any thematic resonance it just feels like it's someone saw a quiet place and was like I have a great idea for ripping that off. I'm going to make a, uh, here's what I'll do. I'm going to make a comic book about monsters that 
smell really bad. Okay. Can <laughs> <laughs> you imagine how boring that comic book would be? Yeah. It's like a horror comic book, but it's about how monsters smell bad. Yeah. But you have no way of actually like being in the position of the characters because maybe I'll just, that's what I'll do. I'll put like skunk smell. Like rotten skunk smell all over the pages. I'll print them and then I'll just rub a dead skunk all over the, all over the pages. And when they open it, they're just like, oh, oh god, scratch and sniff comic book. <laughs> there is monster. Scratch monster. <laughs> and he's like, woo. Oh boy. Uh, yeah. This I don't want to do that now. This is this is the future, ladies and gentlemen. Scratch and sniff comic books. Great. Uh, is that all I have to say about that? Uh, yeah. It's not as terrible as I'm making it sound because it's got a couple of really good scenes mm-hmm. uh, and some good ideas. But aside from Sandra Bullock and the grown-up guy from Moonlight's characters, none of the characters feel like real characters. They just kind of feel like plot devices, okay. uh, which is always annoying. Um, and aside from a few good scenes where you can kind of see that they might have been able to make this into a good movie, uh, it's mostly just not great. Gotcha. So, yep, that's all I have to say about that. All right. Do you have any other what you've been up to? Or am I nope. just going to? Okay. Okay. So I'm going to go really quickly through the rest of my stuff because I have a lot of other stuff. Oh, okay. we didn't We didn't pace this very well for me. Nope. Uh, so I'm reading a bunch of teen, new Teen Titans. Uh, Tara's, in, Tara's been introduced, and we all know that Tara betrays the Teen Titans. Uh, she's a little bitch. Okay. Just a really shitty person. Okay. Like, it's not even like a character that I like that I'll be, like, disappointed when she betrays them. It's just like, she's just kind of an asshole constantly. Would you say she's a <laughs> terrible person? Uh, <laughs> uh, this is actually kind of fascinating. So, all right. There's a comic series called Batman and the Outsiders. It was a thing through the 80s mm-hmm. where Batman gets a team of, like, Metamorpho, uh, Geo, uh, Geoforce, mm-hmm. Katana. Uh, I'm missing people, and it makes me... S- uh, Halo, who's an amnesiac girl he finds in the story of uh, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. There's that story. There's, and... Let's just put that aside. The new Young Justice show has come out. First oh. three episodes. They're going to release three episodes every every Friday, which upsets me because I, I wanted it all and binged it. But mm-hmm. nope. Uh, it's really good. Oh. Of course it's great because it's mm-hmm. Young Justice. Right. It, they've always been good. Um, it's very fascinating. It's got some good character moments. Um, watching it. I was like, wow, this all, all this stuff kind of seems familiar. Uh, Batman resigns the Justice League along with Katana and Metamorpho. Hmm. <laughs> and kind of going on. And then they go to Markov or Markovia, okay. which is where Geostorm is the prince of. Mm-hmm. And where Geostorm's sister, Tara, is the princess uh... of. Tara, actually. So... Watching the show about mid third episode, I was like, "Interesting. This is fault. This Justice League or Young Justice Outsiders mm-hmm. is is very much following the story of Batman and the Outs. Oh, hmm. Couldn't have seen that coming. Couldn't have seen that coming from January when they called it Justice League and the Outsiders, <laughs> and they showed Metamorpho. Yep. Should have seen that coming a long time ago. <laughs> so." There's that. So there's that other thing that I that I was up to. I watched the Young Justice. Mm-hmm. Uh, Batman and the Outsiders actually crosses over with the New Teen Titans. What I'm reading right now. Okay. So there's like Tara and uh, Brio and Markov, mm-hmm. Tara and Geostorm, 
And like, there's that whole thing. So I just got like a face full of Batman and the Outsiders with Young Justice and Team <laughs> New Teen Titans. Mm-hmm. Uh, I almost called it Team Titans, but that's a whole different thing. Um, that's not, a football team. No, from no, Tennessee. not the not the football team. Like, there's actually a comic series called Team Titans. Feels like copyright infringement in one direction or another. Probably, probably sure. the football team. <laughs> Wouldn't surprise me. Uh, so I was, I've been reading that. Um, what else, shit, what else have I done? I've been watching Game of Thrones again all the way through. Yep. Uh, again, it's always a delight to watch these things again because you get to see little, look, like, glances people give each other. I told you the yeah. exact one I'm thinking of. Glances people give each other when there's a part of a plot mentioned that hasn't been revealed yet or a plot yeah. twist. Yeah. And you just go back and you, like, know these other plot twists and you're like, holy shit, that's in the show Four seasons before it's revealed. Yeah. What the fuck? <laughs> it's, a, it's a well put together show. It's a very well put together show. Um, I also, uh, I realized that I, I'm not bringing comic books on a trip ever again. Okay. Because every time I bring it on, they get a little bit damaged and I mm-hmm. don't like doing that. But I have the Justice League or the, the I have the DC Universe, ah. which has a lot of comics on it. Like they're constantly putting more on Mm -hmm. they have the first like 70 issues of the original detective comics oh i started reading that today holy shit it is 1937 (laughs) (laughs) it is just like so detective comics 27 starts with uh a, a banner at- across the top where it's a silhouette of Batman. It's like the mysterious Batman. Someone we don't. And it's got the hyphen in it still, and it's mm-hmm. just like that. First panel, it's like we start in uh, Commissioner Gordon's uh, house with his socialite friend Bruce Wayne, <laughs> and Bruce Wayne's like, "So how's work going and stuff?" And Gordon's like, uh, "Nothing. Uh, it's pretty good, except this uh, this." Batman is uh, is intriguing to me, and it's like, wow, you really went straight for it. There was no like build up to this; it was just immediately like, oh, Batman exists, and Commissioner Gordon's interested in him. Yep, there was no nuance in storytelling. Back there was then. no it's nuance. Just... Yep. And then second panel, so the phone rings. Second panel. Have you seen Oh Hello? No. You need to see Oh Hello. Yes. For the love of God. So there's okay. a bit in Oh Hello mm-hmm. where they're explaining like how movies will do these certain tropes. Mm-hmm. One of the tropes is like when a sick person coughs into a handkerchief and shows the blood to show they're sick. Right. They talk about that and then they use it in their own play, like stuff like that. And another thing is called the one-sided fun call. They do mm-hmm. the they move sil or they move accents and words and it's right. kind of funny. Um, one one-sided telephone call. Okay. Where you'll pick up the phone and you'll repeat back everything that the person on the phone says. Oh yeah. So. Commissioner Gordon picks up the phone in a comic book where you could put like a speech bubble to the phone to show the thing. Yep. But no, Commissioner Gordon goes, what? He's dead. Killed by his own son. <laughs> oh, no. Hangs up. Next panel says the exact same fucking thing to Bruce Wayne. <laughs> because it's not like Bruce Wayne just heard you say that. It is just like, I don't know how to react to it because it is one of the most beloved characters in comics of all time. Yep. But it's just so fucking cheesy. (laughs) And like Batman totally kills people in the first issue. Yeah. Like straight up throws people off things, like throws a guy into an ass and says he deserves it. Like, there is killing. I will agree to that. Oops, sorry. I just hit my mic. I will, I will 
agree to the fact that Batman killed in 1937. Um, however, once Batman started, right. they said no more killing. But it's just... Oh, and then later he picks up the phone again, and then there is a conversation where they have like the speech bubble to the phone. It's not like they didn't know how to do it. Yeah. <laughs> Same issue. Like, two pages later. Wow. It is just... Like, it, it's very much that comic that superhero comic books had not figured out, obviously, because it's one of the first comic superhero comic books ever, mm-hmm. had decided, or they had not figured out how to do superhero comic books. Because mm-hmm. he's just, he, like, talks to a person, and then he just fully explains everything about what just happened, which is, it, it's just... It's really entertaining to read it and just mm-hmm. be like, oh, my God, things have changed so much. I just remembered something I wanted to say about Bird Box. All right. So crazy people are immune to this, but we live in 2019 in an era where we've pretty much settled that people aren't delineated into sane and completely crazy, right? Oh. Come on. Good Lord. That is pretty bad. Get out of the 80s. Um, Whenever that was a thing. I think that's all I've been up to that I can think of. Okay. All right. Well, we're at 52 minutes. Okay. Let's get going on news. Let's get cracking on this news. Let's just, like, talk real quickly about everything. Okay. Um, Aquaman is making a lot of money. Yes. Deserves it. Pretty good movie. Yeah. I. Th- it seems like it's getting kind of a mixed reception. I don't think anyone's hating it. Yeah. But not a ton of people are loving it. I, I mean, really, I think it's I really also, like, it. the borrow's pretty low. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> um, I will say I really liked it. Yeah, no. I've, I've said it before. Um, let's see. I'm good. I'm trying to skip all the trailers. Uh, apparently, DC is going to do a long Halloween animated adaptation. Yes. Yep. Uh, totally should have seen that coming. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've got an adaptation of pretty much everything else. They're yeah. continuing to make adaptations of everything. Mm-hmm. We should have seen that coming. Mm-hmm. Just can't wait till we get the Nightfall like six movies. Yeah. Because <laughs> it's gonna take six fucking movies. Yes, it will. Unless they doomsday it and they just like truck it all in a really quick thing i mean they totally could um but no yeah Yeah. should have seen that coming yep i'm excited to see that i always think that's a story that would work better on the screen somehow you think they're gonna do a lot of the same art style and kind of of the uh like make it very much same vein of the um year one movie i don't know or do you think they're just gonna do their current animation style i don't know enough to comment all right I don't know much about DC animation. What do you think they should do? Stick to the Again, year one or stick to what I, they have? Now? I don't know. I don't know enough to comment. Man, I'm not qualified to make that judgment, so I shan't. People, just I'm just gonna say this: people should say that sentence more often. Mm-hmm. I don't know enough enough about that to comment. Yep, it's a it's an important thing to be able to do. Or I think it's also there's merit to saying that saying I don't know enough to make a very intelligent statement but mm-hmm. here is my opinion on what little i know to just spark conversation yeah so that if yeah. the person you're talking to goes i know a little bit more than you do i can correct you on a thing mm-hmm. and then you learn yep yeah one of the one of the wisest and most mature things you can do is admit to yourself what you don't know yep i don't know this anything is... about marvel yeah actually i know quite a bit about marvel <laughs> <laughs> this is this has been your life lesson for the day kids yay uh hear that <laughs> hear that every one person <laughs> This is for you, Mark. That's life advice for you. I don't know why I almost called him Drew. Not as I name. knew it wasn't Drew, which is why I just said that one person. I really danced around saying the name because for some reason my brain thought it was Drew. Very it's odd. Not Drew. <laughs> Sorry, Drew. 
Uh, Star Trek Four might just not be happening anymore. Oh, all right. Um, it's kind Chris of Chris Pine moved on to better projects. <laughs> Apparently, uh, well, S.J. Clarkson for one thing has moved on. She was attached to direct, oh. but she has now gotten attached to the pilot for the new Game of Thrones prequel, hmm. which did a bunch of casting of people I hadn't heard of. But mm-hmm. HBO tends to just be really good at things. Yeah. So I imagine that these people will be good. Okay. Uh, speaking of HBO, they released their little teaser for all of their shows for 2019. Yes. And everyone in our group who's seen the shows, I feel like it's just kind of like, ah, what? Um, I am pretty certain that it's not anger in Sansa's voice. I am pretty certain that there is going to be a conversation before that where Jon Snow and she have a conversation and Jon Snow convinces her to join, that, to believe in Danny, mm-hmm. And then she's like, fucking, this is it. Like, it's probably, I think it's like soon close to the end of the, well, no, because it's Winterfell. Yeah. If anything, Winterfell is going to be fucking gone. Like, it, after, yeah, like, that's going to be, that's going to be like their, their first base of operations basically is Winterfell. No, I'm saying like, like move, like beginning, mm-hmm. like end of, I think it's going to be, like, probably uh, episode two is going to be, the opening shot is going to be the remnants of Winterfell. Okay. After the Army of the Dead fucking obliterate it. I, w- I think it's going to be kind it. of just like a march, march, march. marching down and yeah. then destroying everything. Last couple turns of risk. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it really is. <laughs> it really yep. is because every every everything they have or every episode they have a bigger army because they have more. Mm-hmm. So you just get like and you turn in your cards and then you just have like yeah seventy two people in uh in Western Russia and then you just go take Europe. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a, I feel like that's how it's going to go down. Yep. So um, that's that's epi- that's an episode one thing. Yep. Okay. I, I, oh, we got. I buy that. Uh, yeah. Well, we also got a couple of clips from the Watchmen show. What? Yeah. Oh shit. Yeah. I saw a picture of the Rorschach, but I didn't know we had clips. Yeah. Let's I mean, look. it's like three seconds. Oh. Everyone's wearing masks for some reason. Like, there's a bunch of policemen with yellow masks. Interesting. So I have no idea. It's apparently a sequel set in the modern day. A sequel. Uh, yeah. Oh, I thought they were on prequel. No, I don't think so. Okay, I, I think I, I could be very well like misguided on that yeah i was uh, that I'm, was not a statement that like it's go, it was going prequel i was like mm-hmm. i thought it was going prequel. okay i'm like 95 percent sure that they're going okay. sequel they have a cast for the game of thrones prequel oh did you not hear that i mean i said that they cast some people i hadn't heard of oh i completely missed that sentence <laughs> yeah yeah it's all it's all up and coming people uh one person is going to be in star wars okay one girl is going to be in the new star wars so okay. she'll she'll be the one person who people will be familiar with in that series because yeah. everyone else is like up and coming right and like i mean who the hell knew kit harrington nobody yeah now he's just like the god the god of tv yeah speaking of up and coming you know it's coming up soon what's that punisher season two. Oh yeah the, that's confirmed yeah i mean we saw that coming yeah well, well i mean confirmed. we do we it, it, yeah. it had been confirmed but they finally dropped the release date and it's january 18th holy crap yeah we got 10 days yeah oh shit get reading <laughs> I've, I've i've read a fair bit of punisher oh that's true you have, which yeah. i mean like all of two volumes yeah i think i have read actually the volume that this one's going to loosely take inspiration from so okay that's good good um i'm excited i should I, watch the first one you really should it's it's not the best menu season, but it's up there. It's yeah. like the the top tier that's not Daredevil one or three. 
Gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> those are those are kind of those the transcendent tier. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm excited. They're a teaser that didn't really show anything except it had Jigsaw with the Jigsaw mask. Oh yeah, they're doing Jigsaw. So, right. but they're also doing I think someone else, which okay. That's I mean kind of par for yeah. Marvel things. They and they they used a two. lot of Jigsaw building him up in the first season. Really. I mean, not like the Jigsaw as Jigsaw the yeah. character, but his character's in it a ton. I probably just haven't right registered it. Yeah. Anyway. Um, what else is there? What else is there? We've been getting a bunch of Captain Marvel stuff because that's coming up in a month. Yeah. We got our tickets. Good. Did you see that text? I did see that I text. I got our tickets. Yeah. <laughs> texted me like six times and then texted Hannah panicking because I wasn't responding because I was at work. <laughs> no, I, well, I, no, I texted her. I was just like, is he like, did he get home? Because mm-hmm. I know you, I know he had travel things, but also like, is he either at home mm-hmm. and at work, or did he just not make it home and he's like on a plane right now, which would be absurd. Yeah. <laughs> so I wasn't panicking, not this time. Okay. This one was like, I mean, what what fucking happened to my friend? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I so did you see the Captain Marvel promo that played during the football game yesterday? Nope. Okay. So they played a Captain Marvel promo during the football game yesterday, okay. as it turns out. I was mostly just behind-the-scenes stuff, but that got me a lot more excited because it showed how much intensity Brie Larson was bringing to the role. Hmm. Like, she started doing her physical training nine months before the movie started shooting, and Jesus. she is in shape. Yeah. <laughs> and so she was talking about how fun it is to do the fight scenes and just feel that confident in being able to do the stuff that they yeah. ask you to do. So that's exciting. Good. Um, and I remembered, I, for whatever reason, I hadn't remembered up until now that it's uh, Anna Bowden and Ryan Fleck that are doing the writing and directing, and I really like them. Mm-hmm. And so I think that even though we haven't seen a ton in the trailers, this is going to end up being quite good. Yeah. I think this will surprise people. We'll see. Yep. I'm still kind of just like, I think it's going to be a great movie, but I think it's nothing mind-blowing, so we'll okay. see. Okay. I'm, I'm betting top five MCU. I mean, I'm kind of expecting that, too, just not like mind-blowing, mind-blowing. Okay. Like, Civil War and Winter Soldier are like my favorite movies, but they're not like super uber mind-blowing crazy. Right. I don't think there really is any. Not, not so much. Remember when Infinity War, everyone was like, it's not going to do what you expect. And then we all went to see it and it did exactly what we all expected it to do. And we're just yep. like, eh, fucking, I mean, it was still a great movie, but yeah. we all saw this coming. Yep. But they were probably we... just trying to throw us off the scent. Right. But now we have no idea what to expect for Endgame. So that's true. We have that's no exciting. idea. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, speaking of things we're excited for, Stranger Things also has a release yeah! date. July 4th. Yeah. Gosh, they keep releasing things with just the, the, the theme music, and it gets me so Yeah, hyped. I know it does. Yeah. Uh, I didn't realize those were uh, episode titles. Yeah. I thought they were, like, old 80s shows or something. Well, I guess 90s now. It'd be set in, it'd be set in the 90s, wouldn't it? No. I thought it was a flash forward. A couple of years, but the first two seasons were, like, early 80s. Oh, were they? Oh, yeah. okay. So. It'd be like I think this is 85 or 86, even. If! Thank you, Symbol, for ringing with that one. I heard that. <laughs> if they reference Crisis Infinite Earths, if it's like 85 mm-hmm. and one of them goes just like, hey, have you read the like, Crisis Infinite Earths is coming out? I will jizz everywhere. 
That is my favorite. Co- that's my favorite DC comic book of all time. Mm-hmm. And if they just like give that a little shout out, I will be so happy because they would. Yeah, they're D and D players. Like, of course they read comic yeah. books. Yeah. Oh, that'd, that'd be, be great. great. That'd be great. What else is there? Um. Well, we got two trailers that I'm three trailers that I'm really excited about. Uh, we got the first one for Men in Black International. Yes, we did. Which showed very little. Yeah. I think I think they're even holding back a lot of the jokes. Yeah. Because it's... Oh, God. Those two are so funny. Yeah. It's just going to be so funny the whole time. Yeah. It's going to be a funnier version of Men in Black. Yes. I think it's just going to be... I don't think it's going to be, like, super different from the original series. I think it's going to be so pretty much. much the same vein. Yeah. I, so. I, I Which is great. So. Yeah. And those are, those are people who I love and adore. Yeah, absolutely. And they look great in black suits, let me say. They do. <laughs> uh, uh, there's multiple shots of them just walking in the suits, and I'm like oh yeah <laughs> so even though we didn't see anything i'm hyped yeah um we did see some stuff in the hellboy trailer right we saw his 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 face head yep that's one of the things he has <laughs> he's got a face head yeah uh, his, his devil devil life yep thing. we got we got to see the the full horn crown flaming sword look which mm-hmm. is uh occasionally comes up in the mythos um I'm kind of interested to see what they do with this because they're taking a lot of elements from the Wild Hunt storyline, mm-hmm. which is sort of the climactic ending to the Hellboy storyline. Okay. And it's a yeah. it's a it's a great story, but But they don't have the build up to it. Yeah. So I'm we'll see. I'm I'm a little worried, but it also I'm excited because it looks like they're going all in on the world and Yeah. It it feels a lot more like the comics. Mm-hmm. Which is looking at it and david harbour is a fantastic hellboy he is the looks weird to me though mm-hmm. I, i've just, heard i've heard that from people who are hellboy people yeah the the face shape just seems wrong part of that might just be that we're all used to ron perlman yeah because that was an iconic performance because he was kind of a little pudgier than what shows up in the comic like i look yeah. at the image and he's got like a giant jaw and that's not really yeah. like the case with the ron perlman yeah but at least his head's kind of the right shape the david harbour one he's got like sort of a downward pointing triangle shaped yeah. face which is opposite of right mm-hmm. so okay um yeah i mean aside from the look uh this looks like a lot of fun yeah so looking forward to that still what else we get uh the first trailer for us oh yeah see this one i'm like so excited for because like with get out it it showed some like it's like the same thing with Get Out that like you watch it and you're like, oh, this this looks like a relatively standard horror movie that's just got kind of like a, an aspect to it. Yeah. But like Get Out, this one's going to have some insane yeah. like plot twist or just like a, something to it. You can just feel the layers watching yeah. the trailer. No I idea why. I'm but... terrified. Yes. It looks so cool. Yeah. I'm excited. Yep. I love Jordan Peele. Yep. I've been watching. I've been watching a lot of their Key and Peele sketches, and you can see, like, from like their early stuff to their later stuff, you can see this, like, this Jordan Peele starting to develop. Okay, you get these horror things, like in these comedy sketches, where you're just like, there's some interesting cinematography in these things that definitely do like what you need them to do in mm-hmm. horror movies. Yeah. So it's just like it's interesting watching his old stuff. Yep. I just, what else is there? Uh, those those were the big three trailers. I think that's. Oh. Everything I actually had on my... Is that it? 
Let's we catch up. Uh, I suppose so. What, an hour and seven minutes. Okay. Oh wow, that's pretty pretty good. Chelsea, we Chelsea. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Oh God, are you gonna do this whole thing? No, I, I, I don't have the brain power to do it at that speed. Uh, thanks everyone for listening to us catch up on all the stuff that we did on vacation and all the news we missed and stuff. Um, I'm gonna refuse to apologize for some of the news being old because I wanted School to. School starts in a week. Yep. Bro. Uh, what are we talking about next week? Oh, uh, Unbreakable and. Uh, non- Right. Which is pretty much just two of them, three of them right now. Yeah. Or four of them. Uh. Unbreakable, Split, Incredible Treasure. Right. Four. Okay. We'll see. Yep, we'll see. Um, yeah. So if you've got thoughts on those movies in particular, I guess, or if you can think of another non-comic book superhero movie that we're forgetting about. Oh, Super with Rain Wilson. That's one. Huh. Um. That's not a... What are you... There's a Drake Bell one that's, like, really bad. Yeah, I don't know if that counts. Like, Spider-Man. Okay. So maybe it doesn't count. Might not count. Uh, Shark Boy and Lava Girl. I mean, yes. Technically. Technically, if we're looking at that category, that would be... That would be... Oh, uh, 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 Sky High. Oh, yeah. Oh, God. That's a classic. We cannot forget Sky High. I might have to rewatch that this week. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yep. So if you've got if you've got thoughts on those movies or any other ones that we're missing and we'll definitely think of on the drive home, uh, let us know on Facebook or Twitter. You can find us there at Justice Losers Pod. Uh, we also have an Instagram where we have not been good about posting pictures, but Listen, maybe I'll start remembering. My, I have a certain amount of social media effort. All of that got transferred to Twitter this week. Okay. Maybe I'll start putting in effort on the Instagram then. Yeah. Okay. Um. Yeah. So that's also. At Justice Losers Pod. Uh, if you've got extended. Hancock, Megamind, Chronicle, Condor Man. Oh, the yeah. Man, Chronicle. Specials, oh, my God. Calm down there. I'm trying to do the outro. Huh? <laughs> Calm down there. I'm trying to do the outro. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's see. We have a Gmail. So if you want to write in about why Sky High is the best movie ever and spend four pages doing so, please do because you're right. So I want to hear it. Uh, that's justicelizardspod at gmail.com. Uh, you can find this podcast on SoundCloud and iTunes and Podbean. And don't forget to check out our YouTube channel because we'll eventually put stuff there probably. Hey, I, no, we will when those two conditions happen on Twitter. Okay. God, it's never going to happen. We'll no. Eventually. When the, when the sun rises in the west and sets in the east and the mountains blow and the wind like leaves. And what's the other thing that she says? I don't know. No one really cares about the other ones. Yep. <laughs> um, yeah, so I think I've said all the things I'm supposed to say, so thanks for listening. Bye. 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 Bye.